0: Shalom alechem and welcome. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast. Um, I've been working on this one for about three weeks already, so hopefully it won't disappoint. I'm Shoshana, A.K.A. Zipporish, which simply means firebird in Hebrew. Studying and living God's Torah is the fire of my life. We are encouraged by the ancient sages to study the Torah for its own sake which in turn means that we are studying Yeshua for His own sake. But studying God's Torah without letting it change our lives is meaningless. The truth is that we all start at the very beginning of learning the concepts and principles of Torah, and, and a baby that is crawling will soon be walking. So you kind of get the idea that it's a lifetime journey. What I share in these podcasts is for those who are crawling because they have already started learning some of the truths of Torah, but are not steady enough for more rigorous truths that affect our everyday activities. Rav Shaul tells us in his letter to the Roman converts that the Torah is holy and the commandments is holy and righteous and good. And he goes on to say that we know that the Torah is spiritual. The objective of God's word is to cause our godly soul to thrive so that we can be people who walk in liberty. Sheol also tells the congregation in Corinth in the second letter in chapter 3, verse 17. Now, the Lord is spirit, and where the Ruach Adonai is, there is freedom. We are liberated from the control of the nefesh that only wants to satisfy its selfish nature, not from what the covenant of God's kingdom tells us to do as citizens in His kingdom. His kingdom functions on a higher spiritual level and all the laws of Torah fulfill spiritual connections with His kingdom. When we obey them in this physical level, we liberate our physical self to, store, to soar in the spiritual level. <clears throat> So understanding what God expects of us from the Hebrew perspective will enable us to rise above the daily trials and tests that come our way. To fully understand the Torah will only come as we learn the Holy Torah from the cultural mindset of Israel. Any other cultural mindset will only cause confusion and disaster as we can attest to on a daily basis. People who believe in the Jewish Messiah walk around daily in turmoil because they don't know what the true liberty is. As it applies to one who believes they have been born again. But we must remember, cultures change, mores change, influences change through the centuries. But God's instructions to his covenant people and his expectations of his children's obedience never change. As I stated earlier, I want to say before we say the blessing that I have been working on this podcast for three weeks. There is so much about the Torah heart of God yet to be realized. As we prepare for the celebration of our freedom, I see that God is calling loudly to the nations to repent for rejecting the very good news, the gospel that was given, to set them free from the darkness of idolatry and self-worship. As I said above, God does not change, neither does His love law that reveals the good news of freedom. Everywhere I have turned in the last few days, God has been saying the same things through different people. You will probably recognize those same words as we progress through this podcast. Let's begin with the blessing we speak before opening and studying God's Word. Baruch Ata Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, asher banu lanu et Torah Baruch ata Adonai, notenah Torah. Amen. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has selected us from all the nations and gave us His Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, the giver of the Torah. And the blessing for studying the writings in the Brit Hadashah and the letters of the apostles. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, who is good, who does good, and who proclaims the good news of redemption through Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, Redeemer of Israel. There are so many ideas about what the good news gospel is, and so I want to bring to light what the biblical perspective is. I have titled this podcast, The Torah Heart of God. My scripture focuses for today will be Exodus chapters 12 and 13, Deuteronomy chapter 5, mm, uh, the verses surrounding uh, verse 29, Yochanan John verses 1 through 17, Jeremiah 31, 30 through 33, Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27, and Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. The co- Torah covenant is the result of being in the, cre- in the creator of the universe. Oh, let me try that again. The Torah covenant is the result of being in the creator of the universe. Believing. Oh, let me start again. Torah covenant is the result of believing, oy vey, in the creator of the universe. That was such a perfect sentence and I mangled it. I'm so sorry. Anyway, what do I mean? Up until Mount Horeb, Sinai, the Torah was taught from father to son, Adam to Seth, to Enosh, to Canaan, to Mahalalel, to Jared, to Enoch, to Methuselah, to Lamech, to Noah, to Shem, to Japheth and Ham. After the flood, Noah and Shem became the teachers of God's Torah until they died. Abraham believed in the God of Noah and Shem. He, out of all the millions of people, chose to fully follow the God he learned about from Shem. Shem lived 75 years past the death of Avraham, so Shem still knew very freshly what had happened in his lifetime. Were there scrolls in Shem's library? Probably somewhere in the writings of the ancient sages, it says for sure, but... You're probably thinking, what does all this have to do with anything? Well, Abraham taught Ishmael, Isaac, and all the converts he had made, the teachings of Torah, as he learned them from Shem. Isaac taught them to Esau and Jacob, but Esau wasn't interested in the holy teachings. Jacob taught what he had also learned from Shem and his father, Isaac, to all twelve of his sons. However, As the tribes settled into Egypt, most of them assimilated after the death of Joseph. This information can be found in the Book of Jasher or the Book of Enoch and, of course, in the writings of the ancient sages. By the time of Moses, slavery was in full swing and only one tribe refused to subjugate themselves to Pharaoh—Levi, of whom Moses was born. So you can see from this long story that Moses did not receive something brand new from God on the mountain. Neither did Yeshua teach something brand new to His disciples before or after His death and resurrection. So as we proceed, keep in mind that the Torah was from the beginning, before creation, and it is this same Torah that God used as the text of the covenant He cut with Israel that brought eternal life to those who would obey it. So why is the Torah so important? God's heart is revealed through Torah to those who would search Him out. Torah has always been a heart issue with God. I have talked about this subject in a previous podcast, but it is worth discussing again. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses is reiterating the history and commandments to the young generation that had grown up in the wilderness. In verse 29, Moses tells the people what God had said in response to their willingness to accept the Torah as their law. Adonai heard what you were saying when you spoke to me and Adonai said to me, I have heard what this people has said when speaking to you and everything they have said is good. Oh, how I wish their hearts would stay like this always, that they would fear me and obey all my commands so that it would go well with them and their children forever. We are commanded to obey God's word. How will we know if it's God's word? <clears throat> Genesis through Numbers is a rec- as recorded as God's dictation to Moses according to what God thought was important as a physical foundation for how his people would live. However, this does not include everything else that God spoke to Moses while he was in the fire and cloud of God's presence at the top of Mount Sinai. The book of Deuteronomy was Moses' reiteration and last instructions to the remaining generations that survived the wilderness chastisement. What is recorded in Deuteronomy is a condensed copy of Exodus through Numbers as a fresh assignment for those who would be entering the promised land under Joshua's leading. So we can see all five books given to us by Moses stand as the foundation for what God actually taught Moses on that mountaintop. If you remember, in the last chapter of Yochanan John, it says in verses 24 and 25, This is the disciple who is an eyewitness of these things and wrote these things. We know that his testimony is true. There are also many other things that Yeshua did. If all of them were to be written one by one, I suppose that not even the world itself will have room for the books being written. We see in these two verses that there was way more than what was recorded in the Good News account, even as God said, way more than what Moses was told to record in a book. Let's explore just what the word means by reviewing a well-known passage that clarifies what the word is. These verses are a Kabbalistic explanation for how Yeshua was able to fulfill the role of Messiah as a living and breathing example of God's kingdom covenant. Keep in mind as you hear these verses that Yohanan is talking to Jewish people who know that the word means Torah. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 17 says, In the beginning was the word, the Devar, the Torah, before the world was created. And the word, the Torah, was with God, and the Word was God, his heart. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, the Word, and without him was not anything made that had been made. In him was life, and the life was the light, the pure truth and righteousness, the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, that which has no absolute truth, and the darkness apprehended it not. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, that he might bear witness of the light, that all might believe through him, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light that which was from the beginning before creation on that first day, even the light which lights every man coming into the world. He, Yeshua, the living Torah, the word was in the world and the world was made through him. The world knew him not. He came into his own people, the Jews. And they that were his own received him not, but as many as received him, any who accepted the truth, the word, the Torah, to them he gave the right to become children, those who would obey his word, his Torah of God, even to them that believe on his name, Yeshua, who were born not Of bloodline, nor of the will of a physical desire, nor of the will of a man, but of God. And the word, the Torah, became flesh, Yeshua, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten Son, the King, the firstborn of the Father, full of grace and truth, Torah. John bears witness of him and cries, saying, This was he of whom I said, He that cometh after me has has come before me. For he was before me, for of his fullness we all received, and grace for grace. For the law, the Torah, the word written on lambskin, was given through Moses. Grace and truth, the Torah is the only truth came through Yeshua as the living essence of the word, Yeshua, the Messiah. Yeshua, the heart of God, came to life. He obeyed Jewish covenant Torah, or he could not have been the perfect lamb for the morning and evening sin offerings in the temple. He brought Torah to life at his birth, the Feast of Sukkot, Tabernacles. He set us free at Passover, and renewed the covenant by writing it on our hearts at Shavuot Pentecost. The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, the breath of Torah, causes Torah to come to life in on our hearts. Without the Ruach to give us understanding, we would glean nothing from reading the word, the Torah. Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 30 through 33 says, Behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Adonai. When I will make a renewed covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It is a declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each teach his neighbor or each his brother saying, No, Adonai, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. It is a declaration of Adonai for I will forgive their iniquity, their Torah-breaking, I will remember no more. God did not reject Israel forever, any more than He would reject a convert to the Torah covenant through Yeshua. God did not make a brand new covenant. When Israel danced around the golden calf, committing idolatry, the covenant offered to them at Mount Sinai was broken. He allowed the people to make do with the contents of the original covenant because they said they would obey it. Through the centuries, the people did the best they could, and finally God spoke through Jeremiah that He would restore the broken covenant at a future date, when the people were ready and crying out for God's intervention. This time came once under the rule of Rome, when Yeshua came as the righteous servant who would suffer for the sins of Israel. But it will happen again just before Yeshua returns as King of Kings while the world is still under the Rome, the, under the rule of the Roman Empire slash Christendom inherited from the Emperor Constantine. He created a religion that has created two of the most anti-Semitic religions of all other <coughs> world religions. Sorry. I forgot to put my cell phone on mute. Do not disturb. Sorry about that. <clears throat> See where was I? Oh yes, this will happen again just before Yeshua returns as king of kings, while the world is still living under the rule of the Roman Emperor Christendom, the Roman Empire and Christendom inherited from Emperor Constantine. He created a religion that has created two of the most anti-Semitic religions of all other world religions—Catholicism and Islam. If you wish to study this further, get a book named A Convenient Hatred—The History of Anti-Semitism. Now getting back to the topic. In Jeremiah we saw that the covenant with the house of Israel was by writing his Torah on the hearts that he will make flesh. Another correction must be made in this passage as the English translators choose to mistranslate or chose to mistranslate a very key word that makes all the difference. I will make a new covenant is what most Catholic Christian Bibles translate this Hebrew word as, but it is greatly in error. This phrase in Hebrew reads, Beit Yisrael ve'et Beit Yehuda berit chadasha There are several words that can be used for new in the Hebrew. All but one means brand new, having never been in existence before. Those words are not the chosen word in this verse. Hadashah is understood to mean in Jewish commentary as when the moon renews itself every month. So we can see by this that the theology that says Jesus cut a brand new covenant is an error and is very insulting to the character of God. God does not change. God reiterates his promise to Israel in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 24 through 28. It says, For I will take you, Israel, from the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you back to your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all of your uncleanness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my ruach within you. Then I will cause you to walk in my ways so you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. To partake of these promises, one must be Jewish, whether by birth into the covenant or adoption into that same covenant. So let's look more closely at these two promises from God. Firstly, God is speaking to Yehuda and Israel, not to those outside of God's covenant with Israel. No one can replace Israel in God's world. No one. Yeshua is part of that same covenant. When we look at these Jewish principles within the context of Israel—the people, the heritage of God—we can see a continuity of God's love and devotion, like a father for His children. Yes, God was angry with His children's behavior, but He did not kick them out of His presence completely. He gave them many opportunities to return and apologize for their disobedience. How well we know this path, as many of us have greatly disappointed our earthly fathers and even made them angry with us, but they never threatened to disinherit us. Yet this is exactly what replacement theology teaches when it uses these scripture passages to mean that God has made a brand new covenant, not with Israel, but with the people of a new religion of Catholicism or Christianity. Secondly, the wording of these passages must be carefully recognized, In Jeremiah, it says, I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. What is the subject of this sentence? Torah. Now, if you are a person that believes that God did away with his Torah when Jesus died on the execution stake, then this means that this prophecy does not apply to you because this is only for the covenant of Torah given to Israel. Where does that leave you if this is what you believe? In Ezekiel, it says, I will put my ruach within you. Then I will cause you to walk in my ways so that you will keep my rulings and do them. Again, if the laws of God used in His kingdom are done away with, how does this prophecy concern you? In Hebrew literature, the ruach is synonymous with Torah because they are all representations of the heart and the character of God. One historical point I should make before going on. Jeremiah was before the exile to Babylon, Ezekiel came to position near the very end of the exile, and was part of the great assembly that established Israel's way of life, from which Yeshua appeared as the prophesied, expected Jewish Messiah, the Savior of Israel. So you can see that Yeshua is very much intertwined with these two prophecies and still very much a part of the Jewish context. If you have never heard of the Jewish Messiah Yeshua it is because you were taught another gospel that has nothing to do with the Jewish Messiah who is given to us as fulfillment in Isaiah 9 chapters 5 or chapter 9 verses 5 through 6 which says for unto us Israel a child is born a son will be given to us and the government the torah standard will be upon his shoulder his Yeshua, name, will be called Wonderful Counselor, Pele Yoetz, Mighty God, El Gibor, My Father of Eternity, Avi Ad, Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom. Of the increase of His government, the Torah standard, and Shalom, peace, there will be no end on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it through justice which is the torah standard and righteousness the acts of loving kindness from now until forever forever the zeal of adonai zebaot the lord of hosts will accomplish this it says forever why is this because god does not change for anyone not even His eternal heritage, Israel. It is because of His unchanging character that we can believe that Yeshua is the Messiah who gave up His life freely for all of the rebellious of Israel so that they could find their way back to the Torah covenant and for all nations who would choose to become part of Israel and take upon themselves the Torah covenant with all its commands and promises the promises recorded in the books of the prophets are to israel and israel alone and they are not the re- and they are the result of obedience to god's torah it is also why we can understand why the torah in the form of the ruach hakodesh was poured out on the 50th day after passover so that all who would believe could be saved by joining with israel as part of the covenant of promise when we look at yeshua in this biblical context was He really the Torah made flesh? John chapter 1, verse 17 is always given as an excuse for not being under the law, but that is not what it says. For the Torah was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Yeshua, the Messiah. If one really thinks about this phrase, they will realize that Yeshua was from before the beginning of creation. Then truth and grace was already present before Torah was restored at Mount Sinai. Simply stated, Torah was given to live one's life accordingly. I want to bring a correction to a phrase in the English translation that is in error. Ki haTorah netunah be'yad Moshe ve'emet mimkor Yeshua The phrase "grace and truth." came through Yeshua, has created much confusion because the word most often used in the Hebrew for grace is chen. However, in this verse, the word chesed is used, and it means kindness. So it changes the meaning of the phrase. As Yeshua is the Torah, then the Torah is also kindness and truth. This means that the Torah is the only truth and the only source that teaches kindness. We are told that it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Repentance for what? For disobeying God's Torah standard that controls God's kingdom. It is also what God expects of us as we deal with others. Are you walking in this kind of Torah or a doctrine that teaches that you don't have to obey the covenant God gave the world through Yeshua's atonement for all rebellion against the Torah heart of God? Yeshua came in flesh to show us that it can be done through the strength of the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth Torah and t- treats us kindly because we make the choice to walk according to the Torah. Psalms 119, 142 says, Your justice is righteousness forever, and your Torah is truth. Psalm 40, verse 9 says, I delight to do your will. O oh my God, yes. Your Torah is within my being. Yeshua states in his prayer to his Father in John 17:7, 7, Make them holy in the truth. Make them holy in the truth. Make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. Psalm further says, In 119 verse 160, truth is the essence of your word and all your righteous rulings are eternal. Torah was not given as a means of salvation, only as a means of life focus and walk to be obeyed as a peculiar people set apart for God's purposes. In Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 we read, starting with verse 7 and ending with chapter 4 verse 11, Therefore... Just as the Ruach HaKodesh says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. There, your fathers put me to the test, though they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked by this generation, and I said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you has an evil heart of unbelief that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day by day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of Torah breaking. For we have become partners of Messiah, if we hold our original conviction Firm until the end, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now, which one, which ones heard and rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt with Moses and with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to who did he swear that they would not enter his rest? Was it not to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter in because of a lack of faith. The Hebrew word for faith is a verb depicting action. Faith is not esoteric. It has substance. Emunah, faith, means one who is faithful to the laws of Torah, as we see from the above verse. They did not truly love God or their actions would have revealed obedience to the Torah. To say you love God but reject His Torah puts you in the same place as those who God did not allow into the Promised Land. Chapter 4, verse 1. Let us fear then. Though a promise of entering His rest is left open, some of you would seem to have fallen short. Here I add a brief reminder. Hebrews was written many years After Yeshua's resurrection, do you believe once saved, always saved? Verse two, for we also have had good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the word they heard did not help them because they were not unified with those who listened in faith. For we who have trusted are entering into the rest. It is just as God has said So in my wrath I swore they shall not enter my rest, even though his works were finished since the foundations of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his creative works. And again in this passage, they shall never enter my rest. So then it remains for some to enter into it. Yet those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not enter because of disobedience to the Torah. Again, God appoints a certain day, today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as it has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So there remains a Shabbat rest for the people of God for the one who has entered god's rest has also ceased from his own work just as god did from his let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall through the same fall through the same pattern of disobedience to torah this rest the author is talking about is the thousand year reign of the king of kings yeshua have you been walking through this wilderness obeying God's Torah, or like those who came out of the bondage, but rejected obedience to the Torah? Let me read, read that again. Have you been walking through this wilderness obeying God's Torah, Or, like those who came out of bondage but rejected obedience Torah, will be rejected from entering the rest of Yeshua's glorious kingdom? Jewish writings are replete with the knowledge that salvation, the good news, is by God's grace only. God's perfect plan for a peculiar people to live in a community was given in Torah. Yeshua brought that same Torah to life so that more people could be part of that covenant and live as a peculiar people among the pagan idolatrous nations. Peculiar does not mean spiritually weird. It means a unique people who, as a group, have their own culture a counterculture to the world. In this way, God would be able to reveal His glory among the nations wherever His people might live. Do we wonder why evil multiplies? Review the book of Judges. When the people turned away from Torah, the people lost their vision. We are told that God's covenant people perish for the lack of knowledge, but they never complete the verse, lack of knowledge of God's heart which is the Torah. It is truth, the only truth. It is the way of life that brings God pleasure because it shows Him that our hearts are yielded to His purposes. Remember Deuteronomy 5.29, Oh, that their hearts would be this way toward me always. Remember Yeshua's words? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the living Torah. It is the Torah that reveals God, and it is our actions of obedience to Torah that reveals God to the world. Hebrews 13.8 states that Yeshua, the manifested heart of God and the expected Jewish Messiah, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, and He cannot change, God's Torah instructions for His people either. He is the eternal Torah. Matthew 5, 17 through 20 says, Don't think that I have come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to complete. Yes, indeed, I tell you that until heaven and earth pass away, not so much as a yud or a yod or a stroke will pass from the Torah. Not until everything must happen has happened. Not everything has been fulfilled yet. So whoever disobeys the least of these mitzvot commands and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys them and so teaches will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So what commands was Yeshua talking about? If he's the living Torah, then He is referring to the Torah, the covenant instructions given at Mount Horeb, Sinai. Those instructions were the scripture available at the time Yeshua and His disciples lived that which Moses wrote down and also that which Moses passed down to Joshua and to Aaron verbally. 2 Timothy 3.16 is often quoted but never in connection with the Torah, yet that is exactly what Rav was referring to, as that was the basis for all the writings available at that time. Remember, he referred to himself as a perfect Pharisee, yet he still needed to accept this renewed covenant. His understanding of Torah and the prophets brought him to the place of recognizing Yeshua as the Passover lamb for deliverance from bondage to sin nature and the atonement goat for the willful rebellion against God's Torah instructions. He understood that obedience to Torah was a choice. He understood that human nature was flawed and didn't want to obey. We see the same tendency played out in everyday life when children disobey their parents People break the speed limit, steal time from their employers, fudge on the truth, and the list goes on. The crux of Romans 6 and 7 tells us his conclusion to the matter. He understood that our righteous spirit, the neshama, wants to obey the Torah because the Torah is spiritual. But our earthly soul, the nefesh, prefers the pleasures of the culture of Satan. We determine which laws we will serve. Ruach HaKodesh gives us the want to obey God's Torah. This is why Shavuot was placed on God's calendar of important feasts. Yeshua preached that all could receive God's restoration and adoption into His preferred community and way of life. Those refusing to live God's Torah are outside of His full promise of blessing and protection. His kindness draws and enables us to hear the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, prompting us to choose to obey His kingdom covenant so that we can live under His blessing and protection now and during the coming Shabbat of Messiah's kingdom. The Ruach reveals God's plan step by step as we search out and obey His word, the Torah lived out and taught by Yeshua. So at this point, we have to ask, what commandments is Yeshua talking about when He talks with His disciples during his Passover meal. Here, also, we need to redefine the word commandments. The Hebrew word translated as commandment does not mean a law or a command. It means connect. Yeshua was telling his disciples how to connect with the heart of God on a deeper level. John fourteen fifteen through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Im achavtem, ani et mitzah, connections, Tish Moru, and I pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, Torah is absolute truth, whom the word, world cannot receive, for the world does not see him, neither knows him. You know him, for he abides with you, and shall be in you, fulfilled after Yeshua's resurrection on Shavuot, Pentecost. I will not leave you desolate. I come unto you, yet a little while, and the world beholds me no more. But you behold me, because I live, you shall live also. In that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that knows my commandments and keeps them He it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Verses 7 through 14 go on to say, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit And so shall you be my disciples. Even as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, my mitzvot, connections, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's connections and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do the things which I command you. What are his Father's commandments? Don't. Have any other gods before me. Don't make any graven images to worship. Don't treat God's name lightly. But as no one today knows exactly how to say His name, we have to take extra care in how we live because our actions reflect on Him. Remember the seventh day, Shabbat, to set it apart for God. Honor your parents that your days be long and blessed. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. If you say you are saved but are not following the covenant Yeshua died for, then you are committing adultery with against Yeshua. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not envy or covet your neighbor's possessions. Yeshua combined these commands into two when he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and resources. And... Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two, all the Torah and the prophet's warnings fall. Yeshua didn't say replaces the Torah. His teachings were about abiding, and the only correct way is in embracing God's Torah and watching the fruit of obedience grow. When Yeshua told his disciples he would send another comforter, did you connect the dots? Yeshua, the living Torah, was the first comforter. The Torah of God is the complete comfort to those who are in bondage to the world's darkness. All who choose to embrace the Torah heart of God will find comfort. How did Yeshua provide comfort? He showed them that God's Torah is the way they could connect to the loving heart of God. The letters written by Yeshua's disciples are considered commentary for those who had gone through the born-again process and were learning how to live as new citizens of the Torah covenant in everyday life from the view of Shavuot In them was revealed the heart of God. They teach what is God's will and expectations for any who would follow Him as His children. Anti-Semitism rejects the Jews and anything pertaining to them. To reject the Jewish scriptures is to reject Yeshua, the heart of God made flesh. As Rabbi Griffin elucidated recently, rejecting Torah puts one in the same camp as Hitler, Stalin, Marx, Martin Luther, Millerism, Calvinism, the Holy Emperor Constantine, the Holy Emperor Charlemagne, the kings of the nations and the pharaohs, Pope Urban, St. Valentine, St. Sylvester, St. Nicholas, Catholicism, Antiochus IV, the Caesars of Rome, and the Sadducees. Don't be an enemy of God by letting thousands of years of anti-Semitism cloud your understanding of the whole counsel of God's Torah written on our hearts through the fulfillment that the Ruach HaKodesh poured out on Shavuot to those who had entered his rest. If you've been taught that the Torah of Moses or the traditions of the elders is not applicable for the believer today, then Yeshua is not your Savior and you are still in your sin with no hope of salvation. Because it is the traditions of the elders, Ezra, Nehemiah, Mordecai, King Zerubbabel, and so many more, that gave us the revelation of a Messiah. Think about it. Obeying takes an act of the will. This is why Rav Shaul, Paul, tells us he had to die daily. It is a choice of the heart, and we should be in control of what our heart wants. We don't obey Torah to get saved. We obey because we have been saved from the bondage to the kingdom of darkness and now choose to live in the freedom from bondage that the Torah provides When we know what pleases or displeases God, then we can walk in real freedom within His house, free from fear of judgment. Again, Yeshua is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His commandments—connections—must be our life structure or we will never really know how to walk in the holiness God expects of us. Are you ready to walk in the real freedom that the Torah provides for all who would be God's children? God gives us many teachings that teach us how to live as a chad, one in unity in his house, and will take a lifetime to learn. But do not be discouraged. A child grows little by little, learning as he grows. So search out the same books that Rav Shaul read and start growing up in the kindness and the knowledge of the living Torah, Yeshua, given to us through the traditions of the elders of Israel. There are so many more resources I could bring, but this recording has already gone long. I apologize. Let's end with a prayer. Abba, Father of Eternity, Avi'ad, there is so much that has been kept hidden away from the world as it regards to your Holy Word. People don't know and most don't understand fully what your eternal truth is. Abba, forgive our ignorance and set us free from the lies that would cause us to fear following your most holy Torah. Only you can soften the hard soil of heart that have been taught false theologies. Only you can stir our hearts with hunger to know your truth and your heart revealed in your Torah. Time is short and it is time to search out your Torah so that we can live in your kingdom covenant today and provide a place for us in your kingdom that will appear. When the Messiah appears in the clouds, open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see you in your Torah. Let us finish with a blessing. Baruch Ata Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah emet, ve'chaye olam nota betochenu. Baruch Ata Adonai, noten ha-Torah, amen. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, <clears throat> who gave us the Torah of truth and implanted eternal life within us. Blessed are you, Adonai, the giver of the Torah, and the blessing for finishing the Good News study. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, our King, Redeemer, Savior, Shield, who sent Messiah Yeshua, the King of Israel, to ransom your beloved ones. Blessed are you, Adonai, who renews His covenant in love. If you truly want to be victorious disciple of Yeshua, you can start by feasting daily on Yeshua, by studying what God's Torah requires of you at His, as His child. This is how you can abide in Yeshua and His words can abide in you. You can start growing in your knowledge and understanding of God's word by watching the live stream feed of Sar Shalom synagogue every Saturday morning at 10:30 a.m. central standard time Sar Shalom synagogue the blue ribbon logo youtube has video recordings going back several years I suggest starting with the classes on conversion as you will hear things you have never heard before you can also listen to the messages starting with Genesis, which is the best place to start if you want to see how Yeshua fits within the whole of the Bible narrative. On the website, many there are many resources to help you get started. You can also tune in to the Lepid Judaism Blue Logo with Rabbi Mordecai Griffin on YouTube live for the daily and a day teaching each day, Monday through Friday at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time or on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch past Aliyah episodes on the, uh, po- amp- the Anchor podcast on uh, Google, Spotify, and of course on the Anchor podcast app. If you're looking for training and spiritual attributes, you will find Musar for Sar Shalom Women live on Lapi Judaism channel and on Anchor as Musar with Batya. Yeah. It is not just for women, though. There are several refor- uh, refor- resources. I'm getting so tongue-tied. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I would like to recommend if you are ready for deeper personal study, if you have added the Anchor app to your cell phone, you can access the teachings of Shomer, capital S-H-O-M-E-R, Man, capital M-A-N, Supertime, one word, uh, the S is capitalized and the T is capitalized, but it's one word, and Thomas and Janaea for more clarity and interesting insights for understanding God's word. And you can also go back to any of my podcasts and start listening from the beginning of my posts. I also want to encourage you to purchase a Bible that is Judaism-centered instead of those that translated through the Greek focus. Many key points are lost in translation from the Hebrew to the Greek to the Latin to the English. My favorite at the moment is the Tree of Life. The Delitzsch, D-E-L-I-T-Z-S-C-H, Delitzsch, Hebrew Gospels, published by Vine of David, is another great resource for seeing how the Hebrew idioms are explained in their proper perspective. May God stir your heart to desire more knowledge of Yeshua and what He really accomplished in His life, death, and resurrection, as it is explained in the writings of the men of the Great Assembly, those who gave us the concept of a Messiah that was revealed through Yeshua from the beginning. Amen.